Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here with the great Louis Heaton. Mate, thank you very much for joining us today. You've come all the way from Collier's Commercial um, to join the wealthy team. And we very much appreciate you having on the show today. Mate, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Yeah. Um, look, it's, it's been a couple short months, but time has been flying by. Uh, it's, it's very good having you on the team. It's super valuable because you've come with a whole wealth of experience about commercial real estate, um, the western suburbs of Sydney, very analytical, very thoroughly well-researched. Um, you bring so <coughs> much confidence to your clients and the deals that you're currently doing because, um, because of all your integrity because you've dealt with much, much harder, more sophisticated property transactions and the stuff that we're doing. And it's it's poignant because today we're actually just talking about one, a little bit about Louis, but one, we're also, two, we're also talking about the fact that property, particularly residential property, is way easier to invest in than most people think. Now, he doesn't look it, but he's a young fella. And many <laughs> of the guys, girls, and his sphere of influence um, aren't investing in property, but they should be. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words, Dom, by the way. And I, I love being wealthy. It's great to be here. But yeah, Dom, following what you just said, it's a um, coming from the commercial, sort of my commercial background and my, my two years or so I spent at Collies, I, I, I got to learn that investing in real estate, it seems scary, but it, but it's not uh, it's not as scary as it should be, especially in the, in the market that we're in now, in a, in a residential market that we sort of chase. Um, it's easy. And it, it's, it doesn't doesn't look easy or it doesn't sound easy, but it needs to be, you know, put out to people, especially my age or people just coming into the market, that it's easier than they think. Oh, certainly so. Um, can we talk a little bit about, before we jump into that topic, can we chat a, a little bit about your experience at Collier's, the kind of deals that you were doing culturally, hmm. what it was like trying to find and do deals uh, at that end of the, the scale or that end of the market? Yeah, so I started at Collies in uh, in early 2019 in the industrial sector. So I was in the, in the industrial team. We specialise in commercial sales, leasing, investments, all in the uh, in the Western Sydney market from the, my, my actually my patch or my, uh, my focus in the Northwest. So that's where I grew up and that's where I've known uh, all my whole life. So that made it a little bit easier. But in saying that, that was my first experience in real estate. So in any t anything to do with property, I studied obviously property at, at university, but it was my first my first gig in the market. And it really taught me a lot of things. It, I mean, you had to learn quick. Uh, commercial real estate moves fast. Uh, the industrial sector was probably, you know, two years ago would have been considered what they said was the hottest, you know, the hottest section of property out there in on the commercial side of things. And I got into a market where, it was flying, flying really hard, and then and then COVID hit, obviously, and then there was a lot of lessons to learn. You know, deals were tough. Deals weren't deals. You know, didn't come by easy, and dealing with clients with you know upward of 10, 15, 20 million bucks, all the way from you know a mum and dad who owns a Strata unit to a, a, a developer who's developing you know 50, 57 lot you know subdivision. So. And I can understand it's, it's you know, people being scared to invest in commercial, industrial, retail. It's a different type of real estate investment. You need much, much larger deposits. The funding is very different. Uh, the commercial terms are different. Mm -hmm. It's an entirely new landscape. And it's part of the reason why we suggest and why we talk to our portfolio of clients about building a solid foundation of good quality residential property 
build up your experience, your confidence, your equity, your cash flow before you start taking um, what we would see as larger risk mm. investments where your vacancy rates can yeah. be in excess of, you know, six, 12 months. That's, that's the time that your property is untenanted and the amount of cash that you have to put out is huge. I mean, just to, <clears throat> to get your foot in the door in, in a commercial uh, instance, you're going to need uh, banks uh, aren't really favoring anything below 20, 25% deposits. Yeah. So, and, and if you verse that against what we talk about, Dom, day to day, and what we can, you know, we, we steer our clients towards for first time investors, even experienced investors, we, we look at properties now that are developers are taking through wealthy a 5% deposit. You know, if that's a if that's a five hundred thousand dollar property, that's it's twenty five thousand dollars. You know, just to get your foot in the door, just to start. Whereas you look at a five hundred thousand uh, dollar property in the commercial instance at twenty percent. I mean, hundred k is not a small ch- chunk of change, and it, that's actually a very valid point and leads us into the next point, which is you know that residential is much easier to to get into, especially mm. if it's your first. Uh, property investment or your first piece of real estate, um, you can kind of beg, borrow, or steal your way at a $25,000. <laughs> I always say Especially that. Especially in today's market right now. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest you go steal. No. But, but, you know, $25K to go get your, your, um, your hand on a property or to go and secure an investment isn't a huge amount of money. Um, and you can certainly go and buy good quality investments for less than 600000 or less than $500,000. I know a lot of people are now listening and thinking, well, what the hell can we go buy for yeah. 500000 That's our little trade secret. Come and talk to us <laughs> and we'll let you know. But but that, the point being is that your people just need to change their expectations around what real estate can and should be. I think so too. And especially in a, in a time like today when you've got the government essentially handing you $25,000 cash you get your first home buyers, home builders, and then, you know, for a, fir- for a first pop- property buyer, you're not even looking at stamp duty anymore. So like, all these things saving right now, and I, I know they don't seem a lot. You got, people say $10,000, what's that in, this, in the scheme of things of a $500,000 property? But $10,000, add that with another 15K and no stamp duty, and you look at your 5% deposit, is now, it's matched with your incentives. So, what Louis just said, that the numbers man moves very quickly, is if you out there are a first-time investor, a first-time home buyer, and you could feasibly find an investment that you could live in for a certain amount of time and qualify for the grants, there are that you can get a $15,000 first um, a home builder, a home builder grant. You can get your $10,000 government grant. There's certain, there needs to be brand new and, and a few other things. Um, so that there is $25,000. That's 5% of 500000 Now, if you've put in 5% to go and reserve that property, you're essentially matching your investment in government grants. Then on top of that, you're not paying stamp duty. And $500,000 investment, it's about eighteen dollars to $20,000 in stamp duty. Now, if you've gone and bought a property, it's $500,000, you've put your 5% down, and Louis negotiated a delayed deposit or stage deposit where you can put the remainder of that 5% in the future, let's just say it's 12 months, if the economists are correct, if um, you know, the RBA's fears are true and you know, the market runs 10% next year, 10% the year after, and 10% the year after that, 
that's a 30% gain. 30% very quickly in 500,000 is 150,000. That's and a lot of cash. In one, in one year, it's 50,000. So you've more than doubled your original investment into the property by just being a, a little bit courageous. Yeah. Taking that little bit of risk that I think in today's world, especially I'm a little bit younger with people my age or, or people just getting into the market, whether or not, yeah, age is not just a number, whether or not you're experienced or inexperienced. I think what people forget is that they can utilize the risk and the debt in an appreciating market with an appreciating asset that we can uh, that we would advise, I mean, if that turns around and, and runs eight percent, ten percent, and within a year, the equity in that property has actually made you more money than ninety five percent of the people could save in cash in the bank in a year. Well, what, what's the average punter saving? You know, oh. most people that we talk to are saving maybe a thousand, two thousand dollars per month. Yeah, so if five hundred bucks a week. Less. Yeah. So if it's two k a month, then you're twenty four thousand dollars. That's that's your five percent deposit. Mm. Um, what I suppose what we harp on about here is you do need to manage your expectations. Of course. Many people come in here confused, and I know that some of your mates are probably thinking, "Hey, <clears throat> my mum and dad went and bought their own home. Yeah. They saved for five years. Yeah. Seven years." They got a, a lumpy deposit of 20% and then they went and bought somewhere close to where they knew. Yeah. And then they paid down that debt as fast as possible. It's a different time. It is, it is. And that's and that's what I was I, I was brought up on. Like I was brought up on dad, mum, bought a home, lived in it, been there for now for, you know, 30, 32 years. Whereas some people in, uh, in my instance at the moment don't, uh, how do you say, they don't want to. They don't want to buy. Or they can't live where they can afford. For example, for me personally, I live in on the edge of Surrey Hills and Paddington. Right, I don't have three million dollars to buy the four bedroom terrace that we live in. But I want to get into the market this year and I want to buy a property. It doesn't mean that I have to buy a property where I want to live. If that makes sense, Tom. I understand. I want to get into the market this year. I want to get into the market multiple <laughs> yeah, things yeah. this year, um, and I can't afford to go and buy. Um, my coochie pace. No. That's, you know, nearly a $2 million apartment. I can't, I'd have to sell some things to buy that and I'm not willing to. No. But you're right for yourself. I mm. mean, live the lifestyle that you want to yeah. live. Go live in the East, go live in the inner West, you know, enjoy the cafe culture. You, you know, by the way, I call Louis and the guys around the, the, the office call Louis, um, He's, he's like James Bond, <laughs> where every single time you talk to him, he's got a new set of tricks. Like yeah. the man's an electrician, he's a DJ. <laughs> he's like team football <laughs> captain. Uh, and the list keeps on going on. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, if, if you are like this man and you've got all of your lifestyles and you want to be, you know, in the eastern suburbs surfing and doing your thing, it can be very difficult for you to have that lifestyle mm. And then go and buy the property that's going to be your first home. I would agree. So we're harping on about it, but you know this really is for you first home investors, yeah, first home buyers to think about this property as an investment, and also for you people that are drawing out equity. Yeah, you know, be brave. You've yeah. you've you've worked hard. You've bought a property. You're in your own home. You've created some equity. Now use it wisely. Mm. The, I think that's the message that I definitely want to send on to 
my clients or people that may listen to this or you know or people that I deal with and who <clears throat> take a piece of advice off me I want to say that I'm doing the same thing as you you know I, I'm not I'm not just the guy who <laughs> I, I want to be the person who talks the talk but I also want to walk the walk this year so I can't tell my clients to be doing this and this and this and and then for them to be going oh, okay well what are you doing so I want everyone to know that if you want to take the journey with me to do it we, we can do it together and it's also in a in a regarding the as i said we sort of alluded to before getting into the market it, it honestly it couldn't be easier right now even though it's risky and scary i think it's a step that i'm going to take this year and you know hope. you're not alone yeah. louis doing it uh, jody uh i am peter i just had a, a like a 20 minute conversation peter and i talk every single morning and throughout the day but this morning we talk about it all the time what are we buying this year tiffy our general manager, she wants to buy another property. I mean. Jenny, every time we do shoot these podcasts, she's now um, currently smiling and you know, always asking about the new areas and where we're going to buy and what, what she should be buying. I think it's a bit of a buying fever. And though we are at the, the, the front, kind of leading the charge in many ways, we're at the tip of the spear, I truly believe that this is an indication of the rest of the market. Like outside of this little circle, this little bubble, this property investment culture that we have in here, um, it's it's a hot topic, you know? Mm. I think because debt is so cheap, um, people have, some people were saving during COVID, some people were spending <laughs> it. Um, but there's a there's an availability of cash. The, the buyer property, it doesn't cost nowhere near as it once did. And, um, there is all of these government grants that are helping mm. people get into the market. Mm. And if I if I could say something, if we go back a few podcasts, or she's on many of the podcasts, our, our beautiful Tiffy. Mm. If if Tiffy buys something, you follow. Yeah she, yeah, yeah, she is a genius. Yeah, yeah. And so she's going to get into the market, and, I, and she told me, and she grabbed me by the shoulder and said, I, "I think you should do it as well." So now I'm. Um, there's a deal that we're all working on. It's funny because we do these, um, we have a rigorous process. Whenever mm. we're talking about different property investments, we get developers pitching us, but then we go out into the market. We have our acquisitions manager. Um, we go out and we look at different parts of the market and we analyze them. We want to know what's happening with population. Is it growing? How is it changing? Is the income increasing over time? Where are the opportunities? Um, and look, I've, we've probably heard me say this in the past, but what, what key investments in infrastructure are making people's lives better? Um, where are the employment hubs? Is it easy to get to? Is it, is it growing? How much supply is coming? Um, then we, we crunch the numbers on the developer, on the commerciality, what kind of deal can we do? And we sit around this table and we brainstorm it and we tear every single deal apart before it lands on our pre-approved list. Now, what happens is we end up, you know, brainstorming, crushing these deals out. And then when something, you know, comes, eventually bubbles to the top, we've approved it. There's a bunch of nodding heads and it's almost like who was going to buy it? How many can we afford? Who's going to get into it? What clients do we think are going to be most appropriate based mm. on their budget? Um, and then it's kind of looking around the room and like, you know, are you going to get one? Am I going to get one? Is Pete going to get one? It's it's hard because we want to get so many of them. But unfortunately, you've you got to keep your, your powder dry and stay true to your strategy as well. So, uh, you know... 
the, the reason why I digress and say all of that is because, you know, it can be infectious. It can and, be. and part of it is, you know, hanging out with the people that have a similar mindset, similar goals and, you know, outcomes driven. Mm. And I would suggest as well, if you're... You know, if you've invested before, if you, if you want to come to talk to us, you know, bring friends along. You don't have to do – it's not like a – it's not like, a, you know, a, a lone party. You know, you can bring two or three of your friends in, not to buy the same place. So, if, you know, if we're doing a, an apartment block or if we're doing, you know, a townhouse development and there's three in a row, like it's a – it could be, you know, it could be a little fun time. It's good to have friends with you. Sam Sam had uh, a gentleman come out to a, d- a development just the other day and he brought three or four of his friends to mm. come along. And, you know, some people are very private. They don't want to of talk course. about their money. But then some people want to make it and turn it into an adventure. And I'm more of the other yeah. side where buying property is a lot of fun and it can be super scary but also exciting and it mm. makes sense to bring people along yeah to get a second set of ears to make sure that you may be you're not getting led down the garden path and to hear things that you may have missed mm. no i would agree so as louis said you know I, i'd encourage you to bring some friends along as well now louis one thing that you're talking about earlier is and uh, you know this concept or idea of investing your way into the future mm. rather than saving your way. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, touch, I touched on it before, Dom. It's, <clears throat> I guess, something that... Oh, I will slow down a little bit to explain it. Uh, it it's something that people uh, getting into the market for the first time or, or, or aren't used to the property lingo or words or how it works. It's, it's really simple. It is really simple. It's essentially, instead of saving your money and putting you know, a cash into a bank or, you know, holding it in, in your cupboard as what, you know, 95% of the people do. If you were to buy a property that's worth $500,000 today, as we said before, and it appreciates, let's go a conservative rate of 5% next year, mm-hmm. you've made $25,000 in equity. If it appreciates a further 10% the year after, there's, you know, now you're collating up to more than $50,000, $60,000. Yeah. And this is in... Not a monetary value in the bank, but it's in your property in equity. Yeah, right, 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 right. And so you're, what you're saying is your your ethos is rather than saving for three years, you'd rather buy something sooner. So it's time in the market. I would agree. Uh, so getting it sooner rather than later because you can't outsave the growth that you would receive from that investment. Yes, right now. And I'm not saying... Um, Dom, we always <coughs> talk about in the office. We, we don't tell clients quick is not better. We don't want someone to go buy uh, unadvised investment that depreciates. Of yeah, course, some shitty thing. Yeah, you don't you don't want to get in just for the sake of getting in. But right now, to get in with the right investment at the right uh, at the right price, I mean, it, it, you're you're losing money if you don't. Yeah, the opportunity cost. Yeah, the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely, I would say that. And then what? Uh, furthering on that point. Next year or the year after, your property is appreciated, whatever it was, 5%, 10%. Mm. You can now go back to the bank and although you don't have $50,000 cash in your hand, you can now take that equity from your property Mm -hmm. and borrow against it. Yeah. So, by the way, we're not financial planners or mortgage brokers. This isn't financial advice. But what Louis is saying there is, you know, you can dip into that equity. There's certain ways that you can do it. You need to double check 
um, what your loan to value ratio is. Mm. It needs to be a certain threshold or else you're going to be hit with lender's mortgage insurance. So this is when the technical Very stuff technical. comes into yeah. it. But, you know, this is why it pays to have people in your corner. Mm. Why it makes sense to have, you know, a mortgage broker or a banking professional or mm. a, a property consultant or your accountant and financial planner mm. to build that team around you so that over time, this lingo, this jargon all starts to make sense mm. and it'll, it, it'll become second nature to you. And then we can move to the more advanced strategies where, you know, one of the previous episodes we're talking about doing developments and stuff. Louis. Yes. Mate, good having you on the show. Um, it's a pleasure having you around the office. Our clients have so, so much to learn from you. You're a great guide. Um, and I really am happy that you've joined the team and I'm looking forward to many of our viewers, listeners, uh, subscribers and people that are out there meeting you. So if any of you uh, enjoyed the show or found like a little gem or a nugget of gold in there, please share it with your friends. Um, reach out, say hello, send us a text. We're on all the social media platforms. Um, also, Make sure that if you did like it, try and move little stars along. Like vote us positively, leave a comment because every little thing helps and we really, really do appreciate you coming along on this journey. So thank you. And thank, thank you, Dom. You.